0: hello and welcome to church at the bridge thank you so much for checking out our weekly sermon podcast today is week four of our current series when life gives you lemons and pastor net is delivering a message entitled it's not what it looks like we hope you enjoy today's word
1: Happy Mother's Day. I'm Pastor Ned, and I got the honor and privilege of sharing the word with you this morning. So I'm so glad that you're with us. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. And I have some news, exclusive, hot off the press that I was told this morning that I can share with you. So you guys know how our family last year grew by one. Well, we're growing by another one. Hannah and Josh are having a baby! Another one! (laughs) So baby number two is coming. I'm so excited. (laughs) They told me to share it this morning with you. So you get it hot off the press. I'm excited. I hope you're excited. I can't see you right now, but just give us a wave and I'm excited. Thank you so much for joining in on the celebration with us. Baby number two. I could hardly believe it. I sat down on the couch. First I said, I'm moving, but then I came back to back to my senses. I said, okay, I'll stay and help out because the quiver keeps growing. So we hope that you are all excited. I have an awesome dynamic word. Thank you for all the Mother's Day text messages and messages that I've been receiving. Um, some of you remember, and you can say, hey, Mama Bear, we remember you on Mother's Day. So Mama Bear is back, and I have a word for you. Are you ready? Are you ready today? All right, awesome. So. You know that uh, Pastor Jose has been on this series called When Life Gives You Lemons, right? And this is such a perfect time for this word, especially in the season that we're in and what's happening around the world. And I'm just going to give a, a quick little, you know, brief um, synopsis of what he said. He, in, in week one, he talked about the first response, you know, when life gives you lemons. What's your first response to it? In week number two, it was the meditation of the heart. You know, what are you meditating on? Because what you're med- meditating on, you know, starts taking you places that you don't want to go. So you want to make sure that you're meditating on the Lord. Week number three was the way of escape. God always gives us a way of escape. And today, for Mother's Day, I'm going to wrap this up in a pretty bow right for you. Our topic of discussion is it's not what it looks like it's not what it looks like. Come on. Now, I need feedback as I'm preaching. Now, I know you're not here physically, but I need feedback, so you got to give me an amen, hallelujah, stand up, slap somebody in your house, do whatever you got to do, jump up, shout, but it is not what it looks like. I am here to declare right now today to the enemy and to all those forces out there because our fight is not against flesh and blood. Our fight is against principalities and powers and rulers of this dark age that are trying to come against what God wants to do, and I'm telling you right now, my mom, dad, sister, friend. It is not what it looks like. Okay. We are still winning. We are still more than conquerors and God still sits on the throne. Jesus still sits on that throne. And as long as he's on that throne, we win. Amen. Amen. So when life gives you lemons, it can be easy to look at a situation as if that's it. It's over. There's no way out. This marriage is done. We've tried everything, right? This, this child doesn't change. It, it, it's, it's impossible. It's never going to happen. These are things that we tend to say when life gives you lemons. But what we see can be deceiving if we just look at it with unrenewed eyes. See, if your eyes are not renewed to God's word and you're looking at it that way, you, the sun will be bright, but you'll say, oh, but it's going to rain tomorrow. Oh, this is happening. Oh, but, you know, that's not going to last for very long. See, we tend to look at it with unrenewed eyes, I'm talking about, in ways with the what-ifs and the what-ifs and the what-ifs. But what if God, you know, what if that's not going to happen? Let's stop with the what-ifs. You know, I've, I've come across that many times in, in pastoring and in ministering and shepherding. You know, eyes that have not been opened to the truth are the ones that talk with the what-if. Okay? Matthew 6, 22 verse 23 says this. The eye is the lamp of the body. Come on. Now hear me today. I'm going to pump you up. I'm going to encourage you. By the time you finish today, you are going to be soaring. Amen. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great Is that darkness? Now, this is God's word, and when I read that, this scripture came out of what was going on with my eye, and and when I was trying to do the podcast the other day, when we we had so much opposition for that podcast, but I know why because it's a word that we were trying to pump out that we know it's a a timely word, but you know I'm still going to preach it today, so don't worry about it. Um, I had a situation with my eye. You saw me; I had my glasses on, and I was doing some gardening, and and doing some gardening. Um, I must have had some some dirt, something went in my eye, and I must have scratched, you know, just went like this to wipe my eye, and I scratched my cornea and didn't realize it for days. But next thing I know, my eye starts hurting me. And it's like, I'm looking at my computer, and I can't look at the computer, and I'm trying to look out. And when I went outside, the sun was bothering me. You, you see what I'm getting? The light was bothering me. And, and all of a sudden, it was like, what's going on? Now my eye is watering and watering, and it was only one eye. And, and I was like, well, it's not allergies because I've never had allergies, and I don't, you know, I, don't, I don't proclaim to have allergies. They're not my allergies, amen, right? They're the devil's allergies. He could take that back. So, <laughs> um, so uh, it was bothering me. It was bothering me, my eye. And I was like, what's going on? And, and then that Sunday, I was like, Karina, I'm going to the doctor tomorrow because something's going on in my eye. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing how one eye, wasn't even both eyes, it was just one eye that whole day, I, I couldn't, I, I was like I was sitting on the couch, I couldn't open my eye, it was like there was darkness there I couldn't see, one eye so imagine what this scripture is saying the eye is the lamp of the body if your eyes are not renewed, how much darkness is in there that won't allow you to see the light, that won't allow you to see how God sees, that won't allow you to function in the way that God created you to function, that will lie to you and deceive you and cause you to just want to lay down, do nothing give up, get, you know, just stay there and, and just say it is over it is finished one eye one eye see god wants you to see how he sees look how you see affects what you see how you see affects what you see when we're seeing with those unrenewed eyes that's what we're seeing how does jesus tell us to walk come on write it down right now how does he tell us to walk he tell us to walk by what not by not by sight he wants us to operate by faith you know hebrews 11:1 i don't think we have it there i wrote this in last night faith shows us the reality of what we hope for Come on, I pray right now that you're still keeping hope alive in the midst of this situation. I hope that you have not given up, that you have not, you have not backed down, that you're standing strong. Because the word of God says, when you've done all to stand, you stand. You hear me? You're not going to give up. And faith shows us the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in, in, in days of old earned a good reputation. I don't know about you, but I want to have a good reputation that when I leave this earth, that I have left a legacy, that I have left uh, just a, 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 a remnant of people that, that are surpassing me, that I have preached the gospel, and that I have gone out and done all that God has called me to do. How many of you want to leave a good reputation? I want them to say that that was a woman of faith. That was a woman of power. That's a woman that believed God no matter what was coming her way. Though it may the blow may have come and she have, may have felt the blow, but the blow didn't knock her down. That she kept going. That she kept pressing on. That she kept moving. That's the reputation I want to leave. That's the legacy I want to leave. I hope that's the legacy you want to leave. It is the reason why God opened the eyes of a man named Saul in the Bible we know him as Paul. And God chose him to preach the good news. And Paul, he had persecuted the Christians. He believed that he had to do everything he could to oppose the very name of Jesus. And he caused many believers to be sent to prison. He even condemned them to death and punished them to, and try to get them to curse Jesus. And he was doing this all in the name of God. <laughs> and one day when he was on one of these missions on the road to Damascus, At about noon, while he was on the road, a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shone down on his face. And he fell down and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is useless for you to fight against my will. Come on, do you know God's will? It is useless to fight against his will. Believer, if we know his will, we'll walk in his will, we'll walk in his ways, we'll do as he says, and we'll get good results. So Acts 26, 15 through 18 says that Paul said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one you're persecuting. Now get to your feet, for I have appeared to you to appoint you as my servant and witness. God saved you to appoint you, come on, as his servant and witness. As a witness, I want to be a witness of God's faith and power and glory. I am not going to be like this world and start speaking death. I'm going to speak life. For I am a witness. I'm an ambassador to the king. Come on. And he said, tell the people. Come on, tell the people. What are we telling people right now? What are you telling? Some some of you think that it's just by your words. No, your actions speak louder than words. Tell the people that you have seen me. Have you seen him? Have you seen him and tell them I will show you in, that I will show you in the future. I will rescue you from both your own people and the Gentiles. Yes, I am sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes. Wow. So that they may turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place among people who are set apart by faith in me. Right there, there was a whole lot that was said. See, Paul's vision was faulty until God changed it. Our vision is faulty until God changes it. Come on. If God changed the heart of Paul, it must have been really important to him that our eyes be open to the truth as well. See, Jesus wants us to see just as Paul did. How will we see him? How will we know? How do we get to to testify and speak about his goodness so that others can see the light? I know that in this time right now, with all the all that's going on right now, I am not giving up. I am not backing down. I have declared I will serve the Lord. I will bow to no man. I will continue doing what God's called us to do. And I will be a light and a witness of his glory and his power. See, God wants us to see, again, see through his eyes. That's why it's so important to get into the word. I know right now you're busy. I know right now that things are going on. You have to be mom. You have to be wife. You have to be employer. You have to be teacher. You have to be homemaker. I, I get all that, but don't let the busyness of life stop you from having a priority in a time with God's word. You want to get through your day? Then it's time that you get back into the word. James 1, 23 to 25 says this, For if you listen to the word, (laughs) ha ha, come on, for if you listen to the word and you don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself and you walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Listen, that word look there in verse 25 means this. It doesn't mean to just glance at it. It means to stoop to. It means to get into. It's like to look into with the body bent. It's like head bowed forward, and you're becoming acquainted with that word. Let me ask you this. Are you becoming acquainted with God's word, or are you becoming acquainted with the news? Who are you becoming acquainted to and with? See, it's, t- it's time to get past the superficial of just knowing what, about God and stepping into knowing God. Got it? It's time. It's time. Right now, we have the perfect time because it's a reset time. It's a reset time. You have plenty of time. You could have been at home. You could have been teaching y- your kids the word. You could be sitting down with them, your husbands, your wives. You could be sitting there and grabbing hold to the word of God. That says, I shall get through this. This too shall pass. See, what happens is when you become acquainted with his word and, and, you, and you let your life be filled with that word, you're looking in in that mirror, in that word. And, and actually, I wrote this down, actually. Listen to this. This is an analogy that God gave me. He says, a mirror and a window are both made of glass. Right? But, you, but both give you different views. A mirror allows you to see your reflection. A window allows you to see beyond your reflection. I want to see beyond my reflection. I want to see not only who I am, but Father, I want to see in your word what you say so that I can take this word and be a witness just like Paul. If you read Paul's life, once he had that road to Damascus experience, his life was changed. He went on preaching to kings, to people, anyone that would listen to him. He would speak about God. He would say, let me tell you what happened. And, and why? So that others may know because there was a mandate that others' eyes would be open as well. How else will the, those that are still in darkness know unless someone tells them? See, you and I, we're, we're, I love this. For such a time as this right now, we're called, we're born. You may not believe it, but I believe it with all my heart that God saved you. He rescued you. He's taken you out of the miry pit. He's put you on solid ground, and he's taken you out of the situations from the past and planted you for such a time as this so that you can be a witness. Who would have thought back then that we'll, in 2020 we'll be talking about some type of quarantine, some type of social distancing? Who would have ever imagined it? But God has prepared his people for it. Are you ready? to be the witness. How else will they know? I love Revelation 12, 11 that says this. And they overcome and conquer him. Conquer the enemy. Conquer him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony. Come on. What's your testimony? Your testimony is not what happened in 1975. Your testimony is not what they did to you, what he did to you, what she did to me, what this one's doing right now. Your testimony is what Christ has done in you. He's taken you. He set you free he's put you on solid ground he wants you to go forward he is for you and not against you he's the greater one on the inside of you that is your testimony that i can do all things through christ who strengthens me that i am not ashamed of the gospel that i'm going forth and doing what god's called me to do come on do you know what he has done do you know what he has done do you know what he says about you? I know what they say about you, and I know what they did to you, because so many me- people talk about that. But start talking about what God says about you. He says that I'm victorious in him. He says that I'm the apple of his, of his eye. He says that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. He says that he has a plan for me, a plan for good and not evil. So don't tell me that this is happening right now because God is doing this. Because he's not. Oh, I know that I'm going to ruffle some feathers. Listen, don't email me. Don't call me. I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to answer. Because I know what God's word says. And his word says that he has a plan for me. A good one, not an evil one. To prosper me. To give me hope and a future. My future is done with God. My future is set with God. I am not going to look at this. And with the what ifs and the what that, there is no room for any buts. Only God only God. Come on. And the Bible gives us so much proof of this. And yet there's so many people right now blaming God, saying God is testing them. God is doing this. I, sh- I want you to show me that according to the, compens- the, 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 the dispensation that we're in right now. Show me that. Show me that in the word. Show me. Because the Bible says that us, being evil, know how to give give good gifts to our children. How much more would your father give? I stand on the goodness of my father who loves me. Listen, how do I know he loves me? Not only does the Bible give me proof, but my life is a proof. Your life is a proof. He took this young girl from the Bronx, the inner city of, of of New York, and he gave me a word. And in that word, when he told me that word, he said, I'm going to use you mightily and greatly. And I didn't know what that meant. Many people thought that that meant that I was going to go around the world preaching. I was going to be a missionary. And God had a plan for my life. I didn't know it. Because all I could see back then was the city. All I could see was what was there. But there was a dream and and a word in my heart. And something that God has spoken directly to me. Now, I didn't try to make it happen. I didn't force it to happen. Listen, if the doors are not opening right now, I'm telling you right now, don't try to force those doors open. Let God lead you. Let God take you through the path. That's what I did. And this is what God has done. And now I look back at my life and I say, God, only you, only you saved me from that time. Only you saved me from that circumstance. Only you, Father, when I did reckless things as a a teenager, Lord, when I wasn't listening as a young and adult, Father, only you kept me, Father, for you have a good plan and a good purpose for my life and for your life. So, Mom, I want to tell you right now, don't give up on that child. Don't give up on that child. Don't give up on that daughter. Don't give up on that son. Don't give up. It doesn't matter what it looks like because it's not what it looks like. The enemy is trying to blind you and deceive you to say they're never going to talk to you. They're never going to have a relationship, that they're going the wrong way. But you declare God's word over that child. You declare God's word over that daughter. You declare that word that that seed that was planted, that it will come back up and that the roots will grow and it will spring forth new life in them. And that you shall see them saved, serving the Lord and being a vessel for God. Amen. Amen? We can't call those things that that we see as we see them. We got to call those things that are not as though we know God said. What did God say? See, the Bible gives us proof. But the sad thing is that many people, they don't know what the Bible says about them. The Bible is full of story after story, victory after victory, showing us what God has already done. And yet, People will not take the time to stoop into it and know their promises in Christ. See, most people, what they say is, I got to see it to believe it. (laughs) Today, I'm going to show you that we must believe it to see it. Amen? Let me take you on a little victory journey. In the book of Esther, everybody knows this Bible story really, really um, well. It was set in Susa, the capital in Persia. And there's this young, beautiful Jewish girl named Esther. And she was, her guardian was Mordecai. And she's taken with, from Mordecai to go compete for the, for the king's affection. And the king loved um, Esther more than any other. And she was crowned queen of Persia. But Esther didn't tell anyone she was a Jew. She didn't tell anyone about her family background because Mordecai, her cousin, told her not to. And in the story, there's this man named Haman, and he's the king's evil second in command. If you really go into this story, you'll see that Haman is a descendant of the Amalekites. Now, if you've ever gone back to the book of Joshua in the book, you see the Amalekites, right? They were enemies of them. They were enemies of God's people. But the king promoted Haman and gave him a place of honor. See, sometimes it looks like the enemy's advancing. It looks like he's going for. It looks like, what's going on? He's getting higher and higher. He's winning. But watch this. Don't look at it through your eyes. Look at it through the eyes of God. Okay, He gave him a, a place of honor more important than any other leader. And all the king's leader at the king's gate, they will bow down to him and give honor to Haman. But Mordecai refused to bow down or give honor to him. And the king's leaders at the gate, they asked Mordecai, why, why don't you obey the king's command to bow down? And day after day, the king's leaders spoke to Mordecai, but he refused to bow down. He refused to obey that command. And Mordecai said, I am a Jew. And so what did they do? They went and they told Haman. When Haman heard that Mordecai was a Jew, he not only wanted to kill Mordecai, he also wanted to destroy all of Mordecai's people, the Jews in the king's kingdom. So, the, so Haman goes and, and he goes to the king, right? And I'm just giving you a synopsis. because It's a very long story. Read it for yourself. Book of Esther. Great, great book. Um, Haman tells the king. There's a certain group of people scattered among the people in all the promises of your kingdom. They keep themselves separate from other people. Their customs are different. And it's not right for the king to allow them to to continue to live in the kingdom. So Haman tells the king of his plan, right? I want to, you know, give me the command. I'll destroy them. I'll put money in the treasury for it. And and, and let me just destroy them. And the king said, keep your money. Do whatever you want with them. So the king took the official ring, gave it to Haman. It's official. And now, you know, do what you want. And Mordecai hears about it, and he sends word to Esther. He asks Esther to go before the king to beg for mercy and plead for her people. And and Esther sends back word to Mordecai. And Esther 4.11 says this. All the king's officials and even the people in the provinces know that anyone who appears before the king in his inner court without being invited is doomed to die unless the king holds out his gold scepter and the king has not called for me to come for 30 days. Esther chapter 4, verse 13 through 17 says, Mordecai sent this reply to Esther. Don't think for a moment because you're in the palace. You will escape when all the other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at, the, at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. But you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this. Then Esther Mm -hmm. sent this reply to Mordecai. Go, gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days and nights. My maids and I will do the same. And then through, uh, and then though it's against the law, I will go to see the king. If I must die, I must die. So Mordecai went away and did everything Esther has ordered. Listen, even in this event right now, when it seemed out of control to Esther and Mordecai, when the king dictated ruin for the people, when evil was poised to triumph. Don't you see? It's like ready. It's about to have this this triumphant, you know, victory. God was at work. Even right now, it may seem you don't have a job. Maybe you're not, you don't have money coming in. Maybe you don't have, maybe the children are acting. Maybe your marriage, maybe whatever the situation is. I want to let you know that God is at work. There was going to be deliverance for the Jews because of the covenant of God with Abraham. You have to understand this. Mordecai says it. Let's go back to that. It says, if you keep quiet at this time, deliverance and relief of the Jews will arise from somewhere else. See, Mordecai wasn't afraid that deliverance wasn't going to come. He was just telling Esther, you got to rise up. You're put in this position right now for you to do something because we are God's people. So what God is telling us today, we are in this position. Maybe we're in this situation, but we're in this world. We're not of this world. We don't have to operate like the world. We need to rise up, speak out, pray in agreement with God's word, band together, group together, and say, we're going forth, and this too shall pass. See, deliverance is coming. Deliverance has come. And some of us are so busy looking at the situation and looking at these things and forgetting that it's already done. He said, it is finished. Come on. We come from the line of Abraham. We can learn something from this. Life can be hard. Difficult times come. They happen. And pain, you know, sometimes it cannot be avoided. But when life doesn't make sense, do you turn to God or do you turn away from God? Do you turn to God or do you turn away from him? As a believer, you have a covenant. Turn to God. Turn to God. I know it's quick and easy to pick up the phone and turn and phone a friend. No, phone the only ultimate friend that you have. His name is Jesus. Come on. Esther stepped out in faith, and she went before the king. And I love what she says. If I die, if I have to die, I die. But I'm going to do what I know I have to do. Come on. Is there believers this day right now that would stand in that faith that way? That if I perish, I perish. But I'm going to lead a people. To know this God, to know and have a relationship with the one that I call Father. When the king saw Queen Esther standing there in the inner, inner court, he welcomed her. He held out the gold scepter, and the king asked, What's bothering you? And Queen Esther could have just said, Oh, you know what's happening right now? Because Haman is. And, and this is what she says She says, You know, he asked, What do you want? I'll give you anything. And Esther 5, verse 4, she says, If it pleases the king, Let the king and Haman come to a banquet I have prepared for the king. Now, Esther and her people are about to be destroyed. Now, now watch this picture. And she throws a banquet. Not one, but two, if you read the story. And she invites her enemy to sit down. Right? That's a whole preaching right there. It reminds me of this scripture. Psalm 23, verses 4 and five even though i walk through the darkest valley i will fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff they comfort me you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies come on that's how you fight this battle god I trust you. I could be sitting dining with the enemy and I will not be afraid because you are with me. You comfort me. You're my strength. You're my healer. You're my provider. You will turn this around for my good Lord for you have a plan and a purpose and the enemy is there and he's watching you and you can remain calm and remain still and not be moved and trust in God and say, Father, if I die I die but I know you're with me and I know you'll see me through. Come on, can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? It is not what it looks like. It is not what it looks like. See, most people would tremble if the enemy was sitting right there with, but here's Esther. Come on. What do you want? I want you to come back for another party. (laughs) A party in the midst of your problems. That's how the people of God should be. We should be rejoicing, saying, Father, this is going to pass. With the eyes that I'm seeing, I've known you've done this before, and you'll do it again. So at the second banquet, here's Esther, and, and, and the king says, what, what, what is it you want, Esther? I'll give you up to half of the kingdom. And then she replied in Esther 7, verses 3 to 6, If I found favor with the king, and if it pleases the king to grant my request, I ask that my life and the lives of the people will be spared. For my people and I have been sold to those who kill, slaughter, and annihilate us. If we had merely been sold as slaves, I could have remained quiet. For it would be too trivial a matter to warrant disturbing the king. But who would do such a thing? King Cersei demanded. Who would be so presumptuous as to touch you? And Esther replied, the wicked Haman is an adversary and our enemy. And Haman grew pale and frightened before the king and the queen. See, he's sitting before them. She has an opportunity. Do you wait for the opportunity? Or are you ready to pounce somebody? Are you ready to retaliate with somebody? Are you ready to do? And I'm gonna tell you off. I'm gonna say, are you ready to, and willing to listen to God? Wait, hold your mouth, hold your horses, wait for the direction of God, and then speak up and let God be your justice. Because God is our justice. I don't have to fight. I don't have to be at arms with anybody. I see who the enemy is, and you are not my enemy. My enemy is the, the devil, the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Your child is not your enemy. Your husband is not your enemy. Your boss is not your enemy. The enemy is the one behind that, who is using them to come against you. Would you hold your mouth, and hold your peace, and take your stance and say, oh, I'm going to pass this. This is going to, this too shall pass. I love you. I'm with you. And enemy, you are alive. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Do you let your bank account speak to you? There's nothing coming in. I gotta do something. I gotta do something. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth, enemy. You're the only one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But my God, He came to give me life and life abundant. I speak life over my child. I speak life over my marriage. I speak life over my bank account. I speak life. No what ifs. No what ifs. Life. I speak life. I speak life. life. If you read the rest of the story, man, the very pole, I didn't get into all of it, but the very pole that Haman made to kill Mordecai was used to impale him. See, the very plans and schemes of the enemy will be used to take him out. Come on, you don't have to worry. He's going to impale his own self because he's a liar, he's a deceiver, and he's under our feet. Amen? Amen. And this is not the only story of triumph in the Bible. Come on, I said I'm going to pump you up today, every single one of you. There are many stories like this, stories that prove that we must continue to walk by faith and not by sight. It was by faith, listen to this, it was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never even happened before. Come on, do you have that type of faith? God, you're telling me to do this, and, and I don't even understand. Listen, don't listen. our minds can't understand. His thoughts are higher. Will you obey him like Noah? It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave his home and to go to another land that God would give him as his, as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. Most people want to say, God, where am I going? What am I going to do, God? How do I do this, God? No, step out, and he'll show you the next step. Step out, and he'll lead you. Instead of asking and stopping, go and do what he called you to do. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God will keep his promise. Do you believe God will keep his promise? Do you believe it? Do you trust him? See, the people, Listen, another story. The people of Israel, they're about to get out of slavery from Egypt. The Egyptians are behind them, the seas in front of them. It looks like there's no way. It looks like it's not going to happen. It looks like that's it, we're done. It's over and done with. And Moses says this in Exodus 14, 13. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. I say to you today, those watching now and later, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will accomplish for you today. I believe there's salvation for you today. There's salvation for your family today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, the enemy who you see today, the virus that you hear about today, you shall again for no, no more forever see. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Come on, it was by faith that the people of Israel went. Right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were all drowned. It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came crashing down. It was by faith. It was by faith. It was by faith. But hear me again. It was by faith. It was by faith. Do you see it? Do you see it? I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. We've got one more song we're going to do. As they're coming up, Hebrews 11.32 says this. Come on up. How much more do I need to say? Listen, I've given you story, story, story of victory. It would take too long to recount the stories of faith, of Gideon, Barak, Samson, David, Samuel, all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms. They ruled with justice and received what God had promised them by faith. They shut the mouths of lions. They quenched the flames of fire, escaped by um, death by the edge of the sword. Their weaknesses were turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to fight. God is with you. Do you see it? God is with you. Do you see it? God is with your family. Do you see it? It is not what you see in this world. Do you see beyond? Just like Elijah told his servant when they were at war with King Aram, and that's Syria. I looked up that name, Aram. Do you know what it means? Exalted. Listen, the servant was at war with a king that was trying to exalt himself over their God. This is the same thing that we're happening, that's happening today. There are problems and situations that are trying to exalt themselves greater than our God. And when his servant asked Elijah, what shall we do? Because there's an army with horses and chariots surrounding the city. What are we going to do? We can't get together. What are we going to do? They're telling us to distance. What are we going to do? My job is closing down. What are we going to do? My husband wants to leave me. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? My business. What are we going to do? My children. What am I going to do, God? How am I going to make it, God? What am I seeing, God? And Elijah says this in 2 Kings 6 um, 16 to 17. And I say it to you today. Do not be afraid. The prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. God is greater with us than he that is in the world. And Elijah prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. My prayer for you today is, Lord, open their eyes that they may see, Father. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around them. Can you open your eyes today and see? The hills filled with God's glory, filled with God's power, filled that you will make it. You will go forth. That your family will be stronger than ever. That your children will call you blessed. That the people look at you and say, Wow, look at that home, a godly home who serves the Lord. I thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. Story after story. Telling us, we have the victory. We have the victory. Do you hear me? You have the victory. Mom, you have the victory. Dad, you have the victory. You have it. Wife, you have the victory. Don't look at it for what it seems. Look at it through the eyes of the Lord. Looks like we're surrounded, huh? But I'm here to tell you today, when it looks like it's not going to happen, you're surrounded by him. I have a word for you today. Don't look at it through these eyes. That may limit. Don't limit God today. Don't limit him. But trust. Trust him. Lift your eyes to where their help comes from. And I wanted to end a little different today. I have a song. And after we play this song, I have a scripture to share with you. But I want you to meditate this. I I want you to meditate on the words of this song. And I want it, it to be a declaration for you today. And maybe you're watching and you don't know this God that I'm speaking about. I pray today that your eyes are open. That you will know the truth of the plan that God has for you. That he loves you. That your past is not an issue. Do you hear me? Maybe some people may think that your past is an issue. Your past is not an issue with God. It is not, No, he, it, there's nothing to him. What we're more concerned about is where you're going. Where you're going. I'm not judging you. I'm not even judging you for your past. I don't, that doesn't matter. Where you're going. Too many people have lied to you said it's over for you, said no one loves you. I'm here to tell you God loves you, we love you, and there's a plan for you. Though it looks like it's not going to happen, there are more with you than they are with them. So as the worship team comes, we're going to sing this song. We're going to worship this out. Come on, because we're going to praise and give a testimony of God's goodness, of his glory, of his power. We thank you, Lord. Come on. Let me leave you with this scripture. Romans 8, 31 through 39 says this. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, come on, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen from his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ. Come on. Who loves us? And I am convinced, are you convinced, that there's nothing, nothing, nothing that can ever separate us from, the, from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor fears for today, nor worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell. Can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above. Or in the earth below. Indeed nothing in all creation. Will ever be able to separate us. From the love of God. That is revealed in Christ Jesus. Our Lord. Woo! Hallelujah. Come on. Is he your Lord? Because if he's not. He wants to be your Lord today. For nothing can separate you. He loves you with an everlasting love. And all it takes is you to open up your heart and say, I want that God that causes me to triumph in victory. It may look like the enemy's winning. It may look like my life was nothing. It may look like everything is going a mess. It may look, but there's one that's greater, that has a plan and a purpose for your life. If that's you today, I'm speaking to you. And those of you that are believers, And you know the Lord. I want to remind you of this word. He is greater. Why are you afraid? He is greater. Why are you downcast, oh my soul? He is greater. Why are you disconnecting? He is greater. Remain connected. Remain together. Remain as one mind and one body in one accord with the Lord. God has a plan. God has a plan. God has a plan, and I come to speak against the lies of the enemy in your life today. Just like the prophets of old, I speak into your life and say, you are not finished. It is not over. The best is yet to come. You shall see the hand of the Lord. You shall see the glory of the Lord. You shall see it better than before. You shall rise up. You shall not die. You shall live. You shall be in health. You shall be strengthened right now in Jesus' name. All it takes is opening up your heart. Open up your heart to the Lord. I'm a walking billboard testimony of God, what he's done. I'm pretty sure if I ask even the worship team here that they'll tell you the same. We're all testifying of his goodness. If you want that today, all you have to do is receive him. You believe in your heart confess with your mouth that he is lord you shall be saved that's what it says in the book of romans will you open up your mouth would you say i want you lord i need you lord come into my life today give me your eyes to see i want to see like you see father I want to have a relationship with you. I want to know you. I want to see past the reflection of what I see. I want to see through that window that sees past the reflection. Show me the plan and the purpose you have for me. Show me. I receive you today as my Lord, as my Savior. Give me new eyes. Renew my heart. Let a song of praise come up. I receive you. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your plan. I thank you that you're for me. And that from this day forward, Lord, you are the greater one on the inside of me. Come on, receive him today as your Savior. Let love right now in your hearts, in your living rooms, in your rooms, wherever you're at, at your jobs, wherever you're going to watch this, let love enter in. Because that's how I was saved. I was a young girl in my room, and love knocked on my door. And all I did was open the door. And when I opened the door that day to love, I was never the same. Now my mind had to catch up. I had to renew this mind. And did I mess up, auntie? Oh, yeah, I messed up. But with loving arms, he picked me up and said, that's not the way, my love. That's the old way. Let me show you the new way. And as he kept showing me the new way, my mind kept being renewed, my vision kept getting clearer, I kept seeing him better, and the more that, that I I, I could have failed, he could have just there was grace there, and he picked me up. He changed my life. And what you're seeing here is a woman saved by God's grace. He wants the same for you, for those that are believers. Do not forget, do not lose sight of the greater one on the inside of you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
0: Hey, friends and family, thanks again so much for checking out our weekly sermon podcast. We pray that God spoke to you directly through this message. And if He did, we want to know. Send us a message on Facebook or Instagram. You can even give us a call at the office to let us know how God spoke to you. Don't forget to also share this message with a friend, a co-worker. Share it on your social media stories. You never know who in your life may be blessed by this word. Thank you again for checking out our weekly sermon podcast, and we'll see you next week.